We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Ready? Down! Hood, 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 hood! This is the Bear Report Podcast with Zach Pearson, Zach Pearson, and Aaron Lemming, Aaron Lemming, providing extensive coverage of the Chicago Bears. Go Bears! Presented by Blue Wire Pods. And now, here are your hosts, Zach Pearson and Aaron Lemming. Welcome in everyone to a new edition of the Bear Report Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Zach Pearson. I'm joined as always by my co-host Aaron Lemming, and we are going to break down the first two days of mandatory minicamp for the Chicago Bears, the biggest storyline surrounding the team right now, as well as some good news for the upcoming season in terms of capacity at Soldier Field and the Bears training camp plans for this summer. Before we get into all that, though, let's welcome in Aaron. Aaron, how you doing, man? It is hot as hell, man. I don't know how it is in Chicago, but oh my God. Between being here in Dallas and then I was just looking at my old hometown in California out in the middle of nowhere and they're at 118 degrees a day. It's like, oh. dude, it's, yeah, it's, it gets to this point of the year and I'm just like, you know, football season's almost here. Football season's almost here. At least I can, you know, spend the first month, you know, month or so of the season. It'll be hot as hell outside, but at least I know that football season's around, but with all that being said, I mean, I, I hope everybody enjoyed the, uh, the, you know, the mandatory aspect of you guys getting to be there for the three days. Because by the time most people listen to this, it'll be, you know, it'll be Thursday and everything will be over because it's going to be about five, what, five or six weeks before we uh-huh. really get any more substance uh, with training camp and, uh, you know, and, and preseason. Yeah, uh, you know, it's a little hot here. Actually, it's like 85 today, which is kind of cool for here. But uh, it's supposed to heat up on Thursday, get into, I think, the high 90s. But you're right, man. Um, These past past two days, it will be three days by the time people listen to this, have been pretty good in terms of us getting coverage um, with the team and being at the mandatory minicamp. These practices are are a little different than what they were doing at OTAs. Uh, There's still no pads or anything like that on. But they're actually doing a lot more. And, you know, most of the players are there, all except for one. Um, a couple are also injured. But it's just kind of that next step in the off season where the drills are a little bit more competitive. You can feel kind of a different vibe with most of the defense being there. 
um, and going up against Matt Nagy's offense. It's just good to be there and, and to kind of see what's going on and watch these storylines develop. And there are a lot of storylines, and we'll get into two big ones for sure here in this episode and kind of you know talk, and, and I'll give my thoughts on what I've seen so far. But before we kind of get into the mandatory minicamp stuff, some good news kind of came out today um, on the Bears' side as the team sent a letter to season ticket holders and then kind of revealed to the public that they expect 100% capacity at Soldier Field for the upcoming season, which is great news. And, you know, it might not be shocking to some seeing that what the Cubs and White Sox have done now over the past week, expanding to full capacity, but it's good to have all the fans there. Uh, You know, everyone can be in the stadium for the Justin Fields era to begin And not only that, but the Bears are actually going to have a very limited amount of fans at training camp. And from what I've gathered and kind of can put together, the training camp will be at Hallis Hall. I I don't know how they're going to fit everyone in there because it is pretty small in terms of where they're going to put, you know, people on the sidelines and, and viewing areas. There are five fields and plus an indoor one. Still, there's just not a lot of room out there. Even with that, though, it's great news to see that, you know, Illinois is fully open and we're going to have full capacity at Bears Bears games as well as fans at training camp because last year, being at those games, it was very odd to hear the kind of the pumped-in crowd noise and not having fans there. Yeah, it's funny that you mentioned that thing because I was watching watching something the other day. I think it was like White Sox walk-off home runs in the last like 10 years randomly popped up on YouTube. And... It was weird because it's like, yeah, you go through 2010 all the way through 2019, and then you get into 2020 where there's just no fans. And it was like, man, that was really weird. I think really last year, I think I speak for damn near everybody, when I say that I think everybody was just glad to have sports back and have everything going on. But it's going to be really nice, uh, you know, just having fans back as a whole. And I'm sure the Bears probably aren't enjoying that aspect, especially for training camp, because, you know, it's, it's a required thing that they have to let at least some people in. But it'll be nice because, again, you know, for as, as good as it is for you guys to be able to go and go to these practices and report, you know, it, it's pretty well known at this point that the Bears really neuter you guys in terms of what you guys are able to say. So at least during training camp before the preseason starts and obviously into the preseason, it'll be nice because there'll be, you know, even if there's not videos being taken by guys like Greg Braggs and, and stuff like that, who have saved bears fans that are not at training camp, uh, you know, a lot of uh, heartache by, you know, being able to watch a lot of videos, which has been great. Even if you don't get that aspect, you're still going to have many more eyes in the stands. And I think it's just going to be interesting overall, especially considering, I mean, Obviously, you're a Cubs fan. I think most people who probably listen to this podcast are either Chicago sports fans or at least keep up enough to know, you know, Justin Fields was at the Cubs game the other day, and it's crazy to see. It was crazy to see the difference between Trubisky getting booed, and I think a lot of that had to do with narrative, but, you know, Trubisky getting booed at the Bulls game back in 2017, and then Justin Fields getting a standing ovation, uh, you know, at Wrigley Field. It's just, man... It feels like regardless of how good or bad the Bears are this year, just because of Justin Fields and because of just the overall mood change and how everything's been with the Bears and just the fact that fans are going to be back, I think it's going to be a really wild year, especially at Soldier Field. 
Yeah, dude, it's going to be wild for preseason. Like, the Bears are going to be hosting all the preseason games, and they're going to be afternoon games on Saturdays. I think it's going to be an awesome atmosphere, um, even in the preseason. Then when they return home uh, for their first game of the season, which is week two against the Bengals, it's going to be even crazier. So, yeah, I'm, I'm ready for it, man. And like you kind of pointed out, I mean, the fans are so starved for content. Like we're only allowed to put a certain amount of content out. We had to delete it off our Twitter accounts. Um, even the bears really don't go the extra step to putting out more. And it's not, you know, it's just, their, it's just how their organization is. It's, it's not the PR department as much as people kind of think that like, it's just, pretty much comes from the top and I just don't understand it because you are a franchise in one of the largest markets in the NFL and fans are starving for this content. You have a young prize quarterback that you can market and promote out there as much as you want. And it just, it doesn't go the extra mile. So it will be nice to have fans out there to, you know, kind of report back as well and kind of get a glimpse of, you know, the 2021 team at these practices. Now, we don't know how many fans are going to be there. I have no clue how it's going to work in terms of capacity and how they're going to do tickets. My best guess is they'll do, like, digital tickets, and they'll be free, and you'll, you'll have to, like, check in with your phone. Um, I'm guessing they'll probably try to mandate something with, like, if you're not vaccinated, you know, no mask. I don't know, the outdoor stuff. I, I really don't know any of that stuff, to be honest. But it'll just be nice to have the fans back out there and kind of watching the practices and, and getting to see what we kind of get to see. Because, I mean, you've been to training camp. Those practices are a lot better and a lot more amped up than what we're getting right now. What makes these practices so important, though, is because this is it. I mean, they have the OTAs and they have mandatory minicamp here. And it's like five total practices that media are allowed to be at. So I think kind of the the all around that kind of builds up the momentum, but these training camp practices really take it to another level. Yeah. Oh, I love going to training camp. Honestly, like it's always like, I mean, I used to like to go every two years, you know, even when I was in California and well, you're unfortunately supposed to come out last year. But, yeah, exactly. And unfortunately okay. I won't be able to make it out this year, but hopefully next year, but man, it's so much, it's just, it's, it's a different atmosphere. Plus, it's like with anything, man. When training camp opens up and preseason, like hope is in the air for almost every single fan base, whether it's delusional or not. Like it's just the the hope of a new year and a new season. Yeah, man. I honestly like as you were talking, I was just thinking about how how much I'm gonna miss Bourbonet. Like it, you know, and I, I'm sure I'm not alone in that sentiment at all. But it's I'm gonna be very interested to see because I if if I remember right, and I could be wrong, but if I remember right. They decided to start doing things at Hollis Hall this last year. So there hasn't actually been a training camp when they've been there that fans are actually going to be able to be there. So like you said, it's it's going to be interesting to see how they handle it, knowing the Bears' reputation and how they are and how they basically don't want – you know, they want to hold practices and do everything like it's Fort Knox and all this stuff. It's I don't know, man. It's going to be, it's going to be very interesting to see how many fans that they allow, I'm sure – any COVID restrictions or anything that they can hang on to with COVID, they're absolutely going to do because it's the Bears and they're going to take full advantage. Uh, but I do hope a decent amount of fans are able to go in and kind of, you know, get the experience. And like you said, I mean, especially with the preseason games, usually preseason games are one of those you can get tickets for cheap and, you know, they're kind of lightly attended, even if they, you know, even if they sell out and most people don't stick around for the entire thing. I think this year is going to be a little bit different. I think obviously a lot of it has to do with Justin Fields, but just for the simple fact that nobody, you know, especially in your guys' area, nobody's been 
at a, you know, a live sporting event up until this year, you know, so it's, it's going to be, especially with football, man. I mean, bears football is one of those that unites almost every fan from, you know, any of the, any of the sports in the city. And obviously now, now it's here and I'm going to be back at full capacity. And I also think, you know, because of the full capacity, because of everything that's going on, I do think that this will help out, uh, you know, the salary cap moving forward and all that stuff, which is kind of an underlooked thing right now. And obviously we'll have to see how that goes, but with the TV deals and everything getting back to normal, hopefully we will see a more uh, normal off season next year and a more fruitful off season for players in terms of money and stuff like that too. Yeah, we're, we're trending in the right direction. And, and to your point of the excitement, man, I don't know how much you caught of like the Cubs Cardinals series. I, I think two games were nationally broadcasted. It was the first, you know, game 100% at, Wrigley Field and you know since 2019 it was electric it was an awesome atmosphere and I expect the exact same thing for the White Sox here and I think they return home the 25th or whatever they're doing for their um, 100% I expect the exact same thing because they have a really good team on the south side and the fans are going to love to have 100% I expect it to be like double triple I just can't wait to like walk up those first couple weeks and just like the tailgating atmosphere. Everyone's out having fun, kind of back to normal. I think it's going to be an awesome, awesome environment. And to add to it, man, I mean, there's still the chance that Justin Fields could be a starting quarterback for the first home game, and we'll definitely see him in the preseason. And I think if that's the case, man, that's just like going to be absolutely insane that is going to be a wild scene at soldier field but kind of on that topic saying on that topic matt Nagy's had some very interesting things you know not interesting i'd say but clear cut that andy dalton is number one quarterback but he's also kind of getting a little annoyed i feel like um that the media keeps asking him about justin fields and andy dalton and now you know, not all of it is our fault. There's been like reports out and kind of misquotes on stuff um, over the past couple day or so, but he just kind of is sticking to his guns right now that Andy Dalton's QB one and kind of how I see this is what Matt Nagy says right now, honestly doesn't matter. And I say it in the nicest way as possible because there is a lot of training camp to go. There's a lot of preseason to go and I could be wrong. They could totally stick with this plan and have Andy Dalton, the starter for at least a couple games. I just can't rule myself that Justin Fields won't be QB one. I think there's still a chance he could be QB one going into the season. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's one of those things where, you know, Matt Nagy has been asked multiple times and, you know, whether or not he says that there was a promise or whatever, I, I do think that the prevailing thought is that, you know, Andy Dalton's going to be the start of week one. And, and at this point, I mean, I would absolutely lean towards that as well. I think what people tend to get a little too wrapped up around is, you know, the Patrick Mahomes comparison with, with Alex Smith and Patrick Mahomes only starting the last game of the year after, you know, the Chiefs were 11-4 and four at that point, or 10-4 and four or whatever the hell it was. I can't remember if they won that game. Either way, they won 11 games that year. So it's a situation where, you know, Alex Smith had the best year of his career that year, and that was the only reason that he continued to hold on to the starting job. And I don't know if a lot of people remember or not, but Kansas City actually – started stumbling a little bit and everybody was calling for Alex Smith's head. And, you know, ultimately they didn't end up going there and they ended up keeping with him. And then Patrick Mahomes took over the next year. I think again, though, the most important thing is, and you know, Matt Nagy was basically asked kind of about the comparison again today. And he, he said something along the lines of that. Justin Fields is right about where Patrick Mahomes was his rookie year too. And some people took that as, 
he's comparing him to an MVP and other people took that as well, you know, he's comparing Patrick Mahomes for as raw as he was coming out of Texas tech. And, you know, it really, what it comes down to is just like the rest of us, Matt Nagy, Ryan Pace, his coaching staff is just ready to get to training camp in the preseason. So that way all these dumb questions can stop being asked. These dumb narratives can stop being formed and they can just let things play out. And again, I I think Andy Dalton will start week one. I mean, at this point, I think it's going to take a lot from Justin Fields to be able to change that narrative. But again, you know, it's just a situation right now where I think that's going to be the obsession and that'll be the focus. But I also think that even, I, I mean, I tend to believe that Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy are a little safer than most do. I don't know if this is quite, you know, the make or break year that everybody else thinks. And I don't know, honestly, that that's the smartest approach to have, you know, you, you let them go out and trade, uh, you know, trade up for Justin Fields, you get them another rookie quarterback, and, you know, you give up a first-round pick next year on top of it, and then all of a sudden you're saying, okay, well, you're still in that make-or-break year because that in itself could rush development. I mean, let's just hypothetically say Justin Fields truly isn't ready to go, but they feel like, you know, Andy Dalton gets a few games in, and let's just say they start off one and three and they want to make the switch, but Justin Fields really isn't ready. That can also hurt his development as well. So I think – you know, between that or regime changeover after year one, I mean, that's not exactly the greatest thing either. I think really the big thing to kind of keep in the perspective moving forward is I think that Justin Fields will start when he's ready and when it's very clear that he's the best quarterback of the two. And, you know, kind of something I've talked about a little bit, and I think I've even brought it up on here. I think the thing that most people have to be careful with moving forward, especially in the training camp and preseason, is not comparing – Andy Dalton and Justin Fields, but to really, you know, be objective with Justin Fields and his development. Is he, is he getting through his reads? Is he holding on to the ball too long? Is he diagnosing things at the line of scrimmage? Is he being accurate? You know, just the, the simple things that I should say the simple, but the things that you look for in a young quarterback, those are the things that you really want to see progress. Now I think Justin Fields is going to be really good as do you, but at the same time, I, I just think, that really what this is going to come down to is it's going to go from excitement to frustration to obsession with, you know, who's going to start week one. And the reality of it is, at least in my personal opinion, maybe you're a little bit different here. I feel like if Aaron Rodgers plays in Green Bay this year, which I don't think he is, but if he does, I don't think the Bears stand a chance at making the playoffs. But if Green Bay, you know, has to go to Jordan Love or Blake Bortles as their starting quarterback or whoever it may be, if Aaron Rodgers isn't the guy, then I think things open up and maybe that changes the perspective a little bit. But I'm not going into 2021 personally. I'm not going into the season with the expectation that the Bears are going to, you know, that they have to improve and that they need to be nine and eight or, you know, 10 and seven or whatever it may be and make the playoffs. I'm more curious on how the development of some of these younger guys are going to go, obviously fields, you know, Tevin Jenkins, uh, you know, the offense as a whole. And then, you know, some of these younger guys on defense, cause they're getting older there and they're going to continue to lose pieces. Those that's kind of more of what I'm looking at because realistically the window cracks back open for this team in terms of the contention window uh, in 2022, when they're going to have more cap space and just overall, they're going to have, you know, a year under Justin Fields belt where how many games he starts, nobody really knows at this point, but you know, 2021 is the focus in the short term just because we're ready for football. And, you know, we want to see certain things. But in terms of them actually being contenders, I mean, that really isn't going to start until at least 2022. So, again, I, I think 
moving forward, and I'm sure I'm going to be guilty of it already have been moving forward. You know, I think patience is going to be key with a quarterback situation. Trust me, nobody wants to see Andy Dalton start a game. I don't want to see him. I know you, you know, it's like, I know you don't want to see him either, but you know, really what this is going to come down to is coaches are going to say one thing, but I think we're all going to know when it's time for Justin field to start, whether that's week one, whether that's week five, whether, you know, whether that's not at all this season, I don't know, but you know, there's still a lot of other things to watch for. And again, I think preseason is going to be fun this year, just because that's probably going to be the first we see. And the only thing we see of Justin Fields, at least in my opinion, for the first few weeks of the season. Yeah. And, you know, I'm, I'm still sticking by that. We will know when Justin Fields is ready to start. Like we will just know, we'll see it on the field. We will know from Matt Nagy. And I still think we're a little bit a ways away from that. If he does start, I could also see any Dalton start in week one. I'd probably bet the money that he would. Um, at the same time, you know, the bears are probably going to stick to this planet. They have, they've kind of been true to that. And with Justin Fields, I really feel like they're setting the bar so high in training camp, and it might be a good thing where he just absolutely has to dominate almost every practice, be the better quarterback to win the starting job. Not only does he have to beat out Andy Dalton, but he also has to show them, yeah, I'm ready to go right now. I could be a legit starter in the NFL from day one. And I think, and this is not a bad thing at all. I think it just might be a little bit too much for him right away. I, I truly think they'll probably go with the plan of keeping Andy Dalton the starter as long as possible then rotating over to Justin Fields. And, you know, as you mentioned, this is how the season and their contenders and stuff like that kind of ties in. Even if the Bears aren't a contender this year and say Aaron Rodgers does play for the Packers, you still have that little hope that Justin Fields is your franchise quarterback. And maybe that's enough to pursue Allen Robinson to stay the long term. Um, maybe you get some more development from rookies, younger guys. And you start to build your roster and become a contender in 2022, which is exactly what you were just saying. Now, we're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another big storyline that kind of ties into that... The Bears are missing a very key piece on their defense. And after two weeks of, you know, um, voluntary OTAs, the entire defense pretty much starting defense pretty much wasn't there uh, opposite of, you know, Roquan Smith was the only one there. And then Desmond Trufant, even though he's in a position battle flip over to this week and everyone's pretty much there. The Bears almost had perfect attendance. There's one noticeable guy missing 
And it was Eddie Goldman. And that is for me, you know, the, the quarterback battle has been taking over the headlines. This is probably the biggest story to come out of minicamp this week, because as you and I were talking before the show, I think the bears coaches and players had an idea and got the impression that Eddie Goldman would be there this week. And then when he didn't show up on Tuesday for the first practice, you know, Matt Nagy was a little kind of uh, edgy in his press conference. He didn't really seem very happy when having to talk about Eddie Goldman. He said they discussed it, but he made it a note to say that this was not an excused absence. And Goldman was not out, not out there again today. Don't think he'll be out there on Thursday for the final practice, which is pretty much just kind of a ramp up. It'll, it'll be a quick practice. I'm a little concerned, Aaron. Um, right now, as we hit the stands, Matt Nagy says they expect to be at training camp. I'd probably put the concern level like 6.5, almost to a 7, that he might not even play this year. I, I, where are you kind of at with it? Well, I think, you know, he took the year off last year, understandably so. I mean, he was in the high-risk category. I understand it. Had no issue with the opt-out. Actually defended the opt-out because, I mean, it was everybody's choice. There was a lot of risk involved. The reality of it is, is this year, I mean, there's always going to be from here on out, there's always going to be a risk of COVID. I mean, COVID is here to say, I mean, basically every scientist has said that it just is what it is. But at the same time, now we have a vaccine, you know, the NFL rolled out their basically their new thing today and basically said, yeah, it's your choice if you want to get vaccinated or not. But if you don't, then, you know, good luck. I mean, it's going to be a really tough year for you. And, you know, good luck, you know, but with, with, with Eddie Goldman, it's one of those situations where, you know, maybe he got a year away and realized maybe I don't want to play football anymore. And that's fine. I mean, that's, that's his prerogative. Football is a very dangerous game, but I think it's one of those situations for me where you've seen, you've seen the way things progress, right? You know, you've seen the way things have progressed, how well, you know, the vaccine's doing, how well numbers are going down everything that's going on. And it's kind of one of those situations where the bears are, have been tied against the cap for a while. And Eddie Goldman counts a good amount against the cap. He also, you know, has a, a decent amount left on his contract. I mean, this isn't something where he's sitting out demanding a new contract. I mean, it's nothing like that, but it gets to a point where it's like, all right, Eddie, you got to make a decision, man. You know, whether that's him weighing, whether he wants to play or not, or whatever it may be, it's, I mean, it's a big decision because the Bears have clearly put a big value on their front seven uh, this offseason versus their secondary. I mean, they they cut Kyle Fuller and then they replaced him with Desmond Trufant. I mean, that kind of tells you everything you need to know right there. I mean, it's just one of those situations where there's a lot of questions in the secondary and it becomes a big issue if your nose tackle isn't back because Eddie Goldman's one of the best nose tackles in the league. And, you know, we saw it last year with how bad they struggle against a run after how dominant they've been against a run a few years back. And it's a big concern because, I mean, okay, Angelo Blackson has played some some nose tackle, at, you know, at, at some points. And then obviously with Kyrus Tonga, uh, their last pick in the draft. I mean, he can also slot in that nose tackle too, but at the same time, it's one of those situations where you'd like to know if he's going to play because if he's not, then you have a situation where you have some extra money and maybe you go out and you make a move or whatever it may be. But it's it's just one of those situations where, you know, and maybe this sounds rude, maybe this sounds, you know, um, you know, just basically, I, I don't know what the what the term would be or how you would describe it, but make a decision, man. Whether you're going to play or not, make a decision because at this point in time, 
your your impact your decision is impacting more than just yourself the bears need to figure out what they're going to do with the cap with the roster with everything else it's just it's not a situation that i would have expected the bears to be in at this point but again you know judging by matt Nagy's reaction i think the expectation was that he was there so then it kind of makes me wonder like what what's really going on so it'll be interesting to see Honestly, I kind of wondered if Adam Schefter or Ian Rappaport or somebody like that was going to put something out, um, you know, and kind of shed some more light on the situation. Maybe people are digging and who knows? I, I, I don't know what the deal is, but either way, Goldman needs to make a decision pretty quickly because right now it's impacting the team and, you know, it, it needs to be handled one way or another. Yeah. And, you know, Matt Nagy did say that they expect him to be at training camp, but you're right, man. I mean, this is a key piece of your defense. This is a guy who pretty much does the dirty work for you in the trenches, um, you know, with Akeem Hicks and Blau Nichols and opens things up for other guys. I mean, the way that Eddie Goldman plays makes Cleo Mack better. It, it makes, you know, Roquan Smith better, Danny Trevathan better. Even the secondary is just kind of one of those things where it just keeps going next level, next level, next level. And not having them is just it would be another devastating loss for this defense going into next season. And we saw last year, I mean, you look at, you know, they had to play essentially Brent Urban. They had to shift, you know, Blau Nichols into that spot. They had Mario Edwards, Roy Robertson-Harris. They don't have Brent Urban. They don't have Roy Robertson-Harris this year. I imagine they really don't want to play Blau Nichols in that same spot, even though he had a career year. I think, you know, they want him to kind of take that next step, be able to shift all over the line. And you really don't want to ask Akeem Hicks to have to kind of do that, the nose tackle role as well as much as you, you know, they would have to with Goldman out. So, yeah, he's a big, he's a big piece, man, on that defensive line. And if he's not back, I could see them struggling against the run again. And I think, you know, you won't be able to opt out this year due to COVID. They can start finding him for not essentially showing up. Training camp is going to tell us everything. If he's not there right away at training camp, I mean, that panic level, that meter should shoot to 10 because that kind of tells me that he probably doesn't want to play this year. And, you know, whether that's his choice or not, I mean, I know the Bears would love to have him back. And it was just a total shocker, really, to not see him out there at all. Yeah, again, man, it was something I really wasn't expecting. I mean, I didn't really expect there to be any holdouts or anybody not there. I mean, maybe if anything, Nick Foles, just because of how weird that situation was. But I mean, Alan, and that's the thing is like some people were kind of, you know, they thought Alan Robinson showing up was new. It's really not. I mean, the, the reality of it is, is Alan Robinson, he, he let go of every bit of, um, you know, oh man, why am I drawing a blank on the name of it? Leverage. There we go. You know, he lost every bit of leverage when he signed his franchise tag a week or not even really a week into free agency when the whole Kenny Galladay thing happened because he saw how the receiver market was developing and, you know, didn't want the Bears to go out and sign Kenny Galladay to a deal that would help them out and then basically turn around and release him of his tag and then team was be, would be out of money and he would, you know, basically lose out. So, and again, I don't blame him. I mean, that's, that's just a smart business, business decision. But at the same time, you know, because of that, if he would have went into camp or if he would have went in with the OTAs, the mandatory stuff, uh, you know, not under contract, he couldn't have got fined. But because he signed the the franchise tag, he was technically under contract, which means if he doesn't show up to the mandatory stuff or, you know, training camp or preseason, he gets fined a pretty good amount of money and he's not in the business of giving up money. I mean, he said that. So again, it's going to be interesting to see 
Uh, really, I mean, if you think about it outside of, you know, the practice tomorrow, and like I said, by the time most people listen to this, you know, the practice already happened. I mean, really over the next five weeks, and it's really not even a month now, the next big thing to kind of keep an eye on will be the deadline, the franchise tag deadline to be able to sign a deal uh, before that that deadline happens, because if not, then he's not only is he playing out the year on the franchise tag, but then the Bears can't even start actually negotiating with him on a long term deal if they wanted to do so until you know the the legal negotiation period opens up three days before free agency or two days or whatever the hell it is a seventy two hour period. So you know it's that I think is going to be the most interesting thing to watch moving forward you know uh just to kind of see obviously you would like to see the Bears get something done I just and I don't know how you feel about it but it's kind of at that point where obviously deadlines spur action and we'll, we'll we'll definitely have to see what happens especially as it gets into July probably that first second week in July but man, I don't know if I had to put money down on it right now. I think Al Robinson's playing out the year on the tag. I think there may be some speculation about them tagging him next year, which I ultimately I don't think they'll do. And I think, you know, he's probably going to end up walking. I think the Bears have kind of burned that bridge. And if nobody's willing to bend at this point, I just, I don't think, you know, drafting Justin Fields is going to do enough because he knows if he hits the open market, he's going to get at least his asking price, if not more. Yeah, and listening to Robinson today, he kept on pretty much saying it's out of my control, it's out of my control. He's asked a couple times, you know, about the contract and playing on the franchise tag. He's made it clear he does not want to play on the franchise tag. He does not like the franchise tag. Rightfully so. I'm with you, man. I think if they don't get anything done here, it's not looking very good or likely. He's going to play the year on the franchise tag, and he'll probably try to force his way to be able to walk in free agency and really get paid. I don't know, you know, how much of the impact drafting Justin Fields will have on him um, in terms of him wanting to stay here. But right now, I mean, it just kind of feels like a, a little bit of a soured relationship. All of his answers in the presser are kind of just, you know, it's out of my control. He, it feels like he's saying that him and his side have done enough to make this work, and it's kind of on the Bears. And maybe the Bears are the ones that aren't budging and, and don't want to give him the money that he thinks he deserves. Um, and if that's the case, that, that that's a shame because Allen Robinson is, is a number one wide receiver. And from what I've seen from him the past two days, you know, he looks like he hasn't missed a step at all. He looks every bit of what we've seen from him and even a little better. I mean, he's gotten stronger this offseason. He looks like wide receiver one out there. And, you know, hopefully for the Bears' sake, they can get something done before this deadline. But, you know, it's just not looking good in that uh, situation. So, Aaron, if you, if you don't mind, I can actually kind of share some of my thoughts on, on what I've seen um, so far over the past two days of um, mandatory minicamp. Well, I mean, I'm sure that's probably why people are turning tuning in this episode. <laughs> I'm sure they don't want to hear us breaking down, uh, you know, the Allen Robinson situation and everything oh, yeah. else. So, yeah, man, shoot at the hip and, and, and get it all out because this is the last bit of Bears information we're going to get for a while. Yeah, so, I mean, you know, we, we've touched on a couple of the big storylines with Eddie Goldman, so I, I'm not going to really say anything else on that. Um, I, I will say, you know, in terms of the defense, it's just you can feel the energy and the vibes out there from them when they returned here from mandatory minicamp. They're flying around. They're yelling. You know, they're, they're yelling at wide receivers. Every time a defensive back makes a play, they're all out there clapping, you know, yelling and getting excited. It just feels like a different energy. And so far, I mean, you know, it's very kind of hard to tell because they're not, they're, they're still installing a lot of stuff. And 
a lot of it is kind of vanilla, but you know, they're also going up against an offense that has two quarterbacks that are really starting to learn this offense. Um, Andy Dalton and Justin Fields have never been in this offense, but the defense looks pretty solid out there. And the best player on the field, the, the two day span has been Roquan Smith. And that kind of, you know, led in from um, voluntary OTAs, but today's practice on Wednesday, man, I was really impressed with Kendall Vilder. He was all over the field in coverage, playing very well, playing tight coverage, and just have had himself a day. You know, he had two interceptions today. Um, he, he was probably, in my eyes, the best player on the field, um, uh, for sure defensively, maybe overall too. And that's nice to see. And he also earned some praise from Matt Nagy out there as well um, after that day. So, you know, the Bears do have – uh, you know, defensive back two and slot corner wide open. And, you know, Vilder can kind of contend for both. I, I imagine, you know, they want him on the outside. I think he's more comfortable playing on the outside. Um, and then maybe like slotting in someone like uh, Duke Shelley on the inside and in that slot. But so far, so good for Kendall Vilder. Overall, man, you know, it, it's hard. People always ask, you know, how they look up front in the trenches. It's very hard because they – is blocking, but it's not blocking. It's like very limited blocking and contact up front. Like you can only do so much in terms of the trenches. So I kind of stay away from that. Um, you know, when I'm jotting my notes down, there's a couple of guys that'll break through, they'll flash um, here and there. But, you know, it doesn't really look like this defense lost a beat or lost a step. They actually look pretty solid right now. And, you know, the whole factor of Sean Desai being the first year defensive coordinator, um, you know, the players love him, man. Like he's out there. He's very vocal. Um, he kind of instructing guys and in leading some of the drills, things like that, getting everyone set up. And the players love him. The players love that and they love him. They've just praised him so far. Roquan Smith, um, Danny Trevathan has talked about him, uh, Deshaun Gibson, Eddie Jackson. So I, I do think, you know, obviously that is something to kind of keep an eye on because it's his first year defensive coordinator. But we do know one thing. they ha He has the respect of these players in this locker room. I mean, that's just, that's out there and we all know that. Flipping over to the offensive side of the ball, kind of touch on the quarterbacks. You know, I did mention that Allen Robinson looked really good, so I won't spend a lot of time on him. But on the quarterbacks on Tuesday, I thought Andy Dalton had the better day of the two. I mean, he was sharp all over practice, team drills, individual drills. He was pretty consistent all throughout that day of practice. Justin Fields kind of got off to a slow start, but as the day went on, he got better in the drills. And that's something I kind of noted down was, you know, he could start slow, but, you know, it's how you build up after that. He very well could have just tanked the practice and not had a good practice. He got better as it went on. One thing I've noticed, though, about both quarterbacks and, you know, Matt Nagy's practices so far in general, and I kind of want to get your thoughts on this as well. They're taking a lot more deep shots in practice, and it's a lot more to the point where we're noticing it. And, you know, covering this team over the past couple of years, I can't tell you how many times I've seen the ball land, you know, behind a receiver or past a receiver on deep routes, whether it was Nick Foles, Chase Daniel, or Mitch Trubisky out there in practice. Not all these are on the money and completed. Majority of them are. There's more than not. But for me, man, they're taking a lot of deep shots, and they're they have some speed threats in Demir Bird and Marquise Goodwin. I, I know maybe if you want to kind of touch on, you know, maybe and that speed element to this offense. Well, yeah, I mean that's I, I think 
the Bears made a very conscious effort this offseason, and not in a huge way. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's not like they went out and spent a ton of money at the receiver position, but like you pointed out, between Marquise Goodwin and Demir Bird, and then obviously having Darnell Mooney there, and then you know going out and obviously we'll we'll have to see how you know how Daz uh, Daz Newsom progresses from the broken collarbone. It sounds like he should be ready for training camp, and Newsom's more quick than he is fast. But there was a clear focus on getting more quickness and speed. And I mean, if you go back really, and, and Andy Dalton's not really much of a deep deep passer, but if you go back and you look at what Justin Fields did the absolute best at his two years at Ohio State. It was his deep ball. I mean, it's almost, it's almost like, I mean, that was, that was, he did a lot of really good things. Don't get me wrong, but his deep ball, his accuracy, the arc he was able to put on and his timing, the understanding of routes, everything about what he, what he did at Ohio State as a deep ball thrower was fantastic. So, you know, I, I think, and it, it, it will be curious to see because, again, I, I don't think, you know, at least having seen Andy Dalton quite a bit and especially what he did last year in Dallas, I don't think Andy Dalton's a very good deep ball throw and he's not a guy that's going to contest you a lot down the field. But what this does make me kind of wonder is, okay, yeah, Andy Dalton probably going to start the year as quarterback. Obviously, you know, we touched on this. We don't know how long he's going to start for. He may start a few games. He may start the entire year. Who knows? But it's going to be very interesting to see if the Bears form their offense and their attack and their philosophy behind what they're expecting from Justin Fields, which I think would be smart because, I mean, I think you can go back last year and their offense was very different, in my opinion, between what they did with Trubisky and what they did with Nick Foles. I mean, even even the run game was, was different in terms of the blocking team. They did a lot more outside zone uh, when Nick Foles – sorry, when uh, – Man, when uh, when Trubisky was that quarterback than they did with Nick Foles. So it's going to be kind of interesting to see because, again, like obviously Andy Dalton signed a one-year $10 million deal. The guy's already in his mid-30s. You just drafted – you traded up and drafted a quarterback number 11 overall. Justin Fields is clearly going to be the guy that you build your future around, and you know hopefully that works out. But I'm hoping – and it sounds like they're taking a step in the right direction. I'm hoping that they'll keep – the offense formed around fields, knowing that this is the direction that they want to go in. And obviously, I mean, Allen Robinson's still going to be their, their top target. He's still going to be their number one receiver, but I think this means really good things for Darnell Mooney, because as we saw last year, I mean, he is dangerous. He's super damn fast. And then you add Marquise Goodwin and you add a guy like Demir bird. And all of a sudden you got a pretty good amount of speed. Plus you're getting back to Cohen, who again, more quick than fast, but all of a sudden, you know, that speed that the offense has lacked for quite some time. Now you have plenty of it maybe not in the big name department depending on what darnell mooney does but i think the you know going downfield the way that they have been you know from what you're saying in practice i think kind of shares the idea behind the philosophy change and what they're trying to do which is kind of get back more to the andy Reid offensive style and really have the explosions downfield when they need them yeah, you're right, man. They they got more speed options now with Demir Bird and Marquise Goodwin. Those are two guys, at least for sure, Goodwin has really kind of stood out to me in camp. Not only, you know, with his hands catching the ball, but then how quickly he can turn it upfield and kind of turn on those jets to kind of break away from the defensive backs is something I've really noticed. Um, yeah, they're just, they're just really taking, you know, more deep shots than usual. We'll see kind of in training camp if that story continues. But overall, I mean, you know, wide receiver is definitely going to be a position to keep an eye on uh, in training camp with these battles because 
you know, you have Allen Robinson, Darnell Mooney are safe. I think Anthony Miller is still going to make the team. I would consider him safe right now. That's three. After that, man, there's a lot of wide receivers out here in camp, and you have Goodwin, you have Bird, you have Ridley Wims. That's seven right there. Um, we also have uh, Daz Newsome. That's eight. You know, Thomas Eyes is out there. Jester, Jester Way is out there. That's, what, 10 off the top of my head. And I can't really see them keeping more than six. Potentially, you know, depending on the numbers, maybe seven or maybe the seventh goes to the practice squad. But I just kind of have a feeling it's going to be six and it's going to be someone, you know, in that group of Riley Ridley, Javon Wims, Demir Bird. Um, you know, I don't think they'd move on from Daz Newsome after spending a draft pick on him right away. But kind of in that grouping, that's going to have to step it up. And, you know, one of them is probably going to be the odd man out, potentially two, depending on what they do. They just, they have a lot of different components at wide receiver. And it'll just be interesting to watch here, you know, moving forward, especially in training camp. The other standout for me that, you know, I've been really impressed with, and I really hope he takes his game to the next level. And by doing so, he'd have to, you know, get better as a receiver get better as a blocker overall and kind of be that hybrid tight end. That's cool. Command. I think he's had fantastic practices in the four that we've been at so far this off season and kind of being a focal point in this offense. He's got to take that next step here in year two. And Jimmy Graham said, you know, the sky's really, there's no limit for this guy. He's as good as he wants to be. And so far for what I'm seeing, I'm seeing kind of a more explosive Cole commit, a guy who, you know, catching the ball and then, trying to rack up yards after catch, but in doing so, I've been noticing he's kind of protecting the football a little more, putting two hands on the football, making sure it can't get stripped out. I wanted to go back and look. I don't, I think he had one fumble last year. I don't know if you know off the top of your head. Uh, I don't know off the top of my head, but he had a few. Uh, I think he got back on one of them, but he had a, he had a few there were at when least, he got tied up. Yeah. Yeah. There were at least a couple, right? Like, yeah, there about, were yeah. for sure. Yeah. No, it was an issue for him last year. Cause he'd get tied up. And he'd be trying to break tackles and come, somebody come you know, come from behind him and strip him. Yeah, and, and you know that's kind of a focus. That's, that's good to see that he's working on those things in training camp. That tells me he's identified his weaknesses and what he needs to improve on, and he's taken that extra step to improve on them. So, yeah, I mean, you know, that's kind of all I have to offer. Um, it's just, you know, everyone wants to know about the offensive line, defensive line. And we really can't say formations or who's working with who or who's working where. So I got to stay away from that stuff. But also keep in mind, in the trenches right now, it is very tough to kind of grade and watch these guys. I will say Tevin Jenkins looks like an NFL tackle. He looks like a guy who's ready to come in and start um, right away. And I say it because Matt Nagy also praised him today on that. And I, I think the Bears are going to have a good one right there. So, you know, looking into training camp, it's it's just going to be interesting to see these position battles. They have a couple big ones opposite of quarterback. I mean, they have wide receiver. They have um, a couple on the offensive line. They have defensive, two at defensive backs. And, you know, potentially with what happens with Eddie Goldman, seeing that defensive line shuffle will also be something to watch uh, moving into July. Yeah, it's it's definitely, you know, obviously now it's kind of the dead time before everything gets going, but there's definitely going to be a lot of interesting storylines moving into camp. I think, you know, the starters for the most part are pretty settled one way or another. Obviously, there's going to be some a few battles, but I think the the overall depth and what they're able to do and 
you know, they, they've got some, not much, but they got some flexibility if they want to make another move or two um, before camp opens up. But yeah, either way, man, there's, there's a lot of interesting battles that are going to go on uh, during camp this year. I don't know that they're going to be, you know, overly good or particularly good in general, but uh, there's definitely, there's definitely a lot of intrigue on this roster, which is more than you could say last year. Um, so yeah, I, I think either way, it's going to be at least an interesting season. But again, man, you got Justin Fields, and even if he doesn't play that much this coming year, there's a lot of hope for the future. And that's one thing that I don't think a lot of Bears fans have counted on, um, you know, moving into this offseason. So, I mean, that's a win in itself. Yeah, definitely shocking. I, I still, honestly, I can't believe they got Justin Fields. And, and it's been, what, two months later now? So, yeah, I mean, that, that should wrap things up, Aaron. I mean, that's pretty much all I can give my insight on. Um, you know, uh, we can kind of recap a little more next week, depending on what they do at practice or, you know, in future episodes. But, yeah, it's it's going to be time now we're going to a little bit of a dead period and then ramp things up with training camp and it's going to be a training camp that's going to be buzzing especially with you know fans being allowed there and you know the report on twitter now from uh dan weirder of the chicago tribune marking down tuesday august 3rd as your meyer family fest practice for the chicago bears at soldier field so for those of you fans that want to get out there and watch a training camp practice but can't get to house hall that's probably your best chance right there because that will be a lot more tickets available for that um, compared to what House Hall will allow. So, Aaron, where can everyone follow you on Twitter? Let me just say it's prime Chicago Bears that they would have family fest <laughs> on a Tuesday, but that's just <laughs> – I, I, I'll say this. I will say this. I understand your point. It is also, though, better than their usual day because the usual day they do it is the Saturday of Lollapalooza, uh... and it is – absolute hell getting out of that stadium as it is with Lollapalooza down there, man. I like, I might as well just book a hotel room down there because <laughs> it's impossible to get out of there. Well, it sounds like it's a small win for bears fans. Yeah. Like Tuesday yeah. night, man. So yeah, you can follow me at Aaron Lemming NFL. Um, and you can read my work on the bear and you can follow the Bear Report on Twitter at Just Bear Report. You can follow me on Twitter at, at Zach, Z A C K underscore Pearson. Please rate, review, and subscribe on all major podcasting platforms to this podcast as well as the Picks for Pays podcast. And we'll be back with a brand new episode sometime next week, maybe the week after. Till then, everyone, please stay safe.